the Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 122 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your week to spend with us today. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. You can follow myself at JustinHughes365. And you can follow Andrew at AMCQ82. And if you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook group, Baseball365. Over there, we have over 2,800 members talking baseball every day of the week, month, year. If it's leap year, we'll be talking about it then too. On leap day, I should say. Um... The best way you can support the show is to go to iTunes by taking a few moments to leave us a five-star rating and writing a nice review for us. It's a great way to help us out and get our name out there, and we would be very appreciative. And as always, all of these plugs can be found on the show notes. In this episode, Andrew and I are very excited as we are going to be joined by our good friend Lucas Beery from the Lucas Baseball Podcast, and we are all the three of us are going to do a Dynasty Startup Draft. We're at least going to make this two parts as we draft from picks 1 through 30 this episode. And we'll draw from 31 through 60 on our next one. All right, now let's get Lucas and Andrew on. And first off, Lucas, I want to introduce you. And I meant to get this pulled up beforehand. But this Lucas is also a um, he's part of the sports crew radio and he's a writer at Fantasy Degens. Lucas, thanks for joining us. Andrew, get you on too. And um, the question of the day, I'm going to start you guys with Lucas. You can go. You can start with this and make be the first one to make an answer, and then Andrew, you can pop in next. But Wander Franco debuted for Tampa at 20 years and 113 days old on Tuesday. Who is the only other Rays player in their franchise history who appeared in a game at that age or younger? Lucas, do you know? Uh, first, I want to just say thank you guys again for having me on. Uh, hopefully, I didn't make too many mistakes on the last one, so that's promising. And I did think about this question. Uh, I'm going to say it's probably not the right answer, but I'll just say Evan Longoria. Okay, we got Evan Longoria. Andrew, do you want to take the same answer or try a different one? The only guy that I could think of um, that debuted for the Rays that was this young or close to this young is B.J. Upton. B.J. Upton and Evan Longoria. So he's he's my pick. I can tell you that one of you two is right. Who do you think's right between you two? I'm right. I know if one of us is right, I'm pretty sure it's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lucas, I'm sorry, but Andrew is correct. BJ, Just because I knew Longoria didn't start that early. No, he. I knew he started young, but I don't remember how young. And yeah, it was definitely BJ Upton who was. Let's see, I just had it pulled up, and I think I left accidentally left it. But yeah, he. I think he was started up just a little bit younger was than he, Wander. Was he? Uh, was he 19? Maybe even he was I 19. Was. I just checked. That's close. Yeah. My my other guest was Carl Crawford. That one was closer than Longoria. Oh, yeah. Yep, Carl Crawford. All exciting race. I felt players. decent about the Upton pick. I just wasn't <laughs> I wasn't positive. Yeah. They've done it twice. They've had a 20-year-old twice, basically. Hmm. 
Well, yes, uh, Lucas, as you said, you were thinking to be on. We're definitely happy to have you on. And yes, you haven't screwed it up yet. You're here for episode <laughs> number two. Just be careful because we could also end it here if if if, if you screwed up now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're happy to have you on. Yeah, glad to have you on, buddy. It's This is going to be fun. I've been looking forward to this one. So awesome. absolutely, absolutely. Before we dive into this, I do want to talk about the MLB spin rate gate. Um, we've had some de- debacles this last couple da- a couple days ago, as now it's official. Like umpires ev- are checking every pitcher at least once. Most of the time, it's supposed to be between innings for, to see if they have any substances on them. And it was an absolute debacle on Tuesday night, as we had. The, the highlight was from the Phillies-Nats game where Joe Girard, I should say Max Scherzer was checked. I think he had already been checked twice by the umpires. And then Joe Girardi, manager for the Phillies, asked for Max to get checked a third time because Scherzer was doing something he had never done before, which was he was putting his hands in his hair a lot. And after the game, Max said, he, you know, I'm just, that's the only part of me that was sweaty, so I was going to that for sweat. I never had to do that before. That's what, where I was going. But it turned into a quite the on-field debacle where even, like, after the inning, after Max was staring down Girardi, and Girardi called him over, and Girardi ended up getting ejected from that game. It just – it was a bad look. Bad look from that. We got Sergio Romo out there unbuckling his pants and dropping his pants right there as they're checking him the other night. I heard Kevin Acey, who's the beat writer for the Padres, say that Trevor Bauer had something in mind that he was planning on doing after the first inning when he was checked last night. But he didn't do it because he gave up a couple home runs at the end, at the top of the, I guess, in the first inning, and he just wasn't in the mood to play around. But he had something he was planning on doing too. Okay, so we got all this stuff going on, and I have a question for you both. Can either of you give me any sort of positive that's coming from this? Lucas, you're the guest. I'll let you start. Yeah, so as you as you pretty much outlined there, Justin, there's a lot of uh, issues involved. It's, it's a very bad look for baseball. It seems like baseball is kind of trying to make the pitchers look like they're cheaters and villains and, you know, that's a gray area. We can discuss that for hours on end, but ultimately MLB has tried to get this uh, tacky stuff out of the game for a few years. It just hasn't worked out. They set their foot down. The problem was that they did it in the middle of the year. I mean, if they would have just done it in a spring training, probably wouldn't even be that big of a deal, but I don't know. I guess they're getting it over with and perhaps my online championship team will score a few more runs because it's been a terrible offense for that. That's my only positive. (laughs) There's one. Yeah, if you're hurting for offense, there's definitely more of that going on right now. Andrew, you got anything to add? Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think of that. That's um, or that that spin on it, but no, not really. I mean, it it goes from them not doing anything in the game to doing all this stuff in the middle of the game. It's just it's just like a comedy fest out there. Some of this stuff is just funny, but um, no, not really. I don't think it's anything positive. I don't. I don't expect it to go on all season, really, but I guess we'll wait and see on that. I think we will. I mean, I don't think they can go back from it right now, but maybe I hope I'm wrong. I, uh, You know, I was listening to the Buster Only podcast. I hadn't listened to that in a long time, and I listened to the episode yesterday because I wanted to hear what was being said about this Scherzer-Girardi thing. That And um, Only had an interesting point, which I hadn't thought about. He's like, you know, 
he definitely sees that there's faults on both sides, and I can definitely see the faults in the owners with all this a lot more than I look at it at the players. But he brought up a, about the players. He's like, you know, they're not even like having conversations with owners right now about any of this stuff. And if they're not engaging at all, I mean, baseball's got nothing to work with here. And they're just making their decisions. While if there was actual conversations going on, they might have been able to work something out to where maybe I, they allow something like some sort of substance that they could make legal that and within reason. Because and you know they they were looking the other way with pine tar and all this other stuff for years. But you know some of the extreme things have happened the last few years, which is kind of which has taken it further. But it. With all that still, they should have waited till after the season. I'm fully on board with that, and I just don't think you can make these changes in the middle of the season. But it's it's difficult right now. It's it's difficult to watch. And But, you know, some people are saying if you're getting attention, any attention is good attention, but I don't, know if, I don't know if I agree with that. Okay, um, let's get started here on this mock draft, and I do want to explain a couple little points points about this draft Andrew Lucas and myself we're not actually drafting who we would take in that slot no like I should say we're drafting actual teams we're doing a 30 or 15 team draft here with two catchers batting average and the player that we take at one that's a team like we're gonna have Lucas is gonna be represent team one because he'll pick first Andrew will be team two I'll be team three and we're just gonna do that all the way through the first round and we're going to take that into consideration when we're take, making our second pick. Like, let's say you draft an older veteran in the first round. You're probably not going to go take some prospect in the minors when you're second round pick. Or you, you're less likely to. Or vice, you know, the other way around. If you go with youth, you might be more likely to do that. So we're going to be drafting with giving, thinking about who we've taken already, having that in mind. I hope Week, I- Weekly. Yes, weekly. and it's a weekly league for the – I mean, I think that's most important for Shohei Otani, as we mentioned this. I don't know if you said Dynasty either, but, yeah, Dynasty yep. Startup. Dynasty Startup mock draft. There we go. Anything else to add here before we get started? I think that's – I think that's pretty it. Pretty much covers it, yeah. Okay, well, Lucas, you being the guest, and I think – didn't we the last time we have you on was a mock draft? Because I feel like I let you go first. The like the last time I did a mock with a guest, I think it was you. Were we doing a mock? Well, I think the last mock you guys did was with Brent Herzog. That was a long time ago. Uh, I think we did one with somebody. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. I remember the one with Brent. There's was definitely in 2019. been one. There's been one since then, but. I don't remember exactly I might the context. Doesn't matter. Lucas, you are the guest, <laughs> and you get a pick first. With your number one pick, there are plenty of good options here. Which one are you going to go with? I will take Ronald Acuna. Well, I said there were plenty of good options, and you missed it and took a bad one there. Sorry. <laughs> the, I think this one's all done. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, great pick. Um, Andrew. Real quick, is Acuna your number one that you would have taken? Yep. Yeah, he's my number one. Um, fairly easily, I guess. I don't know. I mean, there's there's definitely other guys that you could take. I mean, I'll let Lucas elaborate yes. a little bit on it. He's the one who picked him. Yeah. So, Lucas, why Acuna over the other guys? Um, 
the fact that he's going to provide you amazing steals in addition to the fact he's got a great bat is just going to set you up to win uh, a little bit better than Soto. I think Acuna might have a shorter uh, elite prime than Soto, considering Soto is more of that uh, kind of just generational Miguel Cabrera, Albert Pujols bat. Acuna is not necessarily on that level, but he ain't far off. His on-base percentage is close to 400 this year, so he's even putting that together too while striking out less. So there's there's really not a whole lot to add there, but uh, just ridiculous power speed. And in the small sample size of last year, it was 400, 406. <clears throat> so we're basically now looking at uh, about 120 games between this year and last of a 400 OBP. Very impressive. So good pick there. All right, we'll move on to you next, Andrew. You're picking number two. Who do you got? Um, I'm going to take Fernando Tatis Jr. at number two. And, you know, I feel, I feel like these two are like the two guys in the league that are capable of going 40-40, like in the next two to three years. And, um, I think they're pretty similar, like just in terms of what they can do. Um, I do like Acuna a little bit more, but I mean, it's splitting hairs, you know, it's just, they're both awesome. So I'll take Tatis at two. Um, these guys, like they do depend on speed. So, um, they may not have, have the same skill set in like five years, but five years is a long time. And I feel like the next three to five years for these guys are just going to be off the charts, five category production. So yeah, I'll take, uh, Tatis at two. Yeah, I think really the only hair splitting you can do between him and Acuna at this point is that Tatis has got the shoulder thing that probably still won't. I don't know if it'll matter, but outside of that, I mean, yeah, Tatis is an absolute superstar at this point. He is He's so much fun to watch. Both of those guys are. Lucas, is Tatis number two for you? No, oh. he is not. So I'm going to guess where'd you have him? number three. Yes, I had him at three, just for health issues. But it's really, you know, there's not a lot to complain about. But if I'm being honest, that is the only concern. And I'm going to stop right there and say something. And I, I, um, where is your making, as you guys were making your rankings this week, were you kind of like, as you're looking at where you'd want to slot in, how far in the draft were you, would you get in a 15 team league where it's like, I wouldn't, I like, in my head, I was sitting there looking. I'm like, man, I wouldn't want to be. I I really would love to get a top five pick, but I mean, after about six or eight, I I just see a big drop off in terms of where I'd want to be. What were your guys' thoughts when looking at this? Um, I wouldn't want to be in the back, the back part. I think that the middle is still fine. Um, top four is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's. That's kind of how I feel about it. Back, back like twelve to fifteen. I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of the guys back there. Are, obviously, we'll get to them, but they're pretty similar. It's kind of tough. It's tougher decisions. I feel like. Yes. Yes. Lucas, what did you think about that? I feel like, in my opinion, there was a very firm top five, and then there was a really nice top ten, and then kind of after eleven, it was still great. I mean, I love all these players. Don't get me wrong, but it was just not as secure of a feeling and then after you got past like the top 15 16 even though these are still some of the best players in the game they just 
don't give you the same comfort that the first guys do. Yeah, definitely agree there. And there are others that are going to feel differently about this. I mean, I'm going to, I was surprised with where I had a couple of these guys ranked just as I was going through. And I'm like, man, I don't think I would want to take this guy here. There's a couple guys that really slipped for me that we'll get to. Justin, did you have Acuna Tatis one, two? No, uh, I had them two and three. Uh, my first pick oh, okay. is going to be Juan Soto. I, I, and honestly, I don't even. I think if you hit, I'd have to be on the spot to know if I'd actually do that because I do think there's a chance I would take Acuna. I, I would. It'd be a gun to my head situation in a batting average league. Wow, it's close. It really is close yeah. for me. I just think Soto is such a good hitter, and it's gonna be incredible. But I, I don't know. I, I put Soto one on here. But I honestly don't know if when the draft came, if I would actually follow through with that. I will be honest on that. But I put Soto first. So I guess that's going to be my third pick. And Lucas, I'm I'm assuming Soto was your number two then? Yeah. And Andrew, your number three? Uh, Yeah, he was my three. So I really would want to talk. I think it's, I think it's splitting hairs. I think Soto will... You know, I've said this before, but I think Soto's skill set will is more likely to be the same, like way down the road, than Acuna or Tatis. Yep. But the speed way down the road is not something that I'm playing for when these guys are all young, and I'm getting the extra steals from those guys. Plus, they're playing better right now too, which does factor. I mean, Soto's yep. having. A down year, for yes, sure. Yes. So, I think that that factors when you're splitting hairs. I mean, these guys are all awesome, so you have to factor in that Soto just isn't playing as good. I mean, do I think it'll correct? Yeah, but talking about you know top three, four guys. So, yep. I don't think I honestly don't think it's a mistake with any of them. I think Soto could be Pujols. I think he could be that type of player. I mean, maybe I shouldn't say Pujols. I I think he can be pretty close though. I really do think he can be that level of player, and we're just seeing a dip right now. Uh, but who knows? He is hitting yeah. the ball on the ground a lot this year, so that's an argument against him. I mean, his ground ball rate this year is 54%, and it was 51% last year. All right, I just talked myself out of it looking at that, actually. <laughs> yeah, again, like I said, I'm pretty wi- wa- wishy-washy on this, and I had heard people saying that he was hitting the ball on the ground more, and now that I'm actually looking at that, yeah, I've just changed my mind. He would be number three. I'm taking Soto though. <laughs> so yeah, that, for this exercise, that's all that matters. You're still taking him. So yeah, it really doesn't matter because yeah, if you're picking three, you're picking Soto. Okay, Lucas, you've got the fourth pick here in the draft. So with this spot, with your second team, who are you taking here? I'm going to go ahead and start off uh, my second team here with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's he's been absolutely. Not, in, you're, in, not, you're not welcome on the podcast anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that was the nail you, in the coffin. I, I think you should have known better than to do that one with Andrew. And <laughs> that one was, uh, man, I, I wasn't as high on him as I was, as you guys were. Um, but I did thankfully get him in one league this year. I, he somehow slipped into the 80s in this particular league, uh, Glarf. And. Man, holy crap, it's been absolutely insane. I'm, I'm not sure where he's going to be going in redrafts next year, but there's the numbers just are beyond video game. It's just been great. Yes, 
Yes. He's having a superstar season, 340 batting average, 442 on base, 664 slug. I think he had his 24th home run tonight as we're recording on Thursday, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yep. 24 home runs at going into tonight, 55 runs and 60 RBI in 72 games. I mean, he's having the MVP caliber season that we've expected. That said, there's this guy named Otani who's probably, I mean, very good chance he's going to end up taking that award from him anyways, despite this MVP season. But not, I mean, you know, it's what you've been waiting for, Andrew. You held your ground pretty good the last couple years, even through the, you know, disappointment in 2019 and 2020, seeing this coming. And we've talked about it a lot, but I'm sure he was your number four, correct? Yeah, and honestly, I think that he's pretty interchangeable with Soto. I think that those two, to me, are at this exact moment. I I don't even know what I would do. I'd I'd rather pick four, put it that way. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it's beautiful to have this like Mount Rushmore of these four. I mean, they're it's just they're all young. They're all awesome. I feel like Soto and Vlad are similar in a lot of ways, and Acuna and Tatis are too. So. It's pretty cool to see them at the top. All right, so that puts me up here at number was six. Vlad, was Vlad your four? No, I'm I'm up next. Oh, wait, yeah, Vlad. that's right. You're not taking him there. No, he was not my was, four. He's five for me. Um, I think we've we've fine. had this discussion. Don't say who, yeah. don't say who your four is. I think if you've been listening, I think we talked about this about a month ago, and I haven't changed my tune on this. So you're up at five. Who you got? Yeah. So this. This is kind of the spot where um, I feel like it's a little tough. Um, I'm going to just take Mike Trout. And um, I don't know. I don't love it, but I think it's fine. I mean, I still I still honestly think that he's the best player in baseball. It's just it's really an age thing. I mean, so many of these guys are just younger. I do think that he'll age better than the average player does because he's just so athletic and his skill set and stuff should age well. Um, I wouldn't want to pick five if, unless, you know, somebody took him ahead of Vlad or something like that. But um, yeah, here I'll, uh, I was hoping Lucas would take him so I could take Vlad, <laughs> but yeah, I'll take, uh, I'll take Trout at five. And I think it's fine. It's just not, uh, not the way you like not to some, build not some, the not, roster. Not dynasty. something I'm in love with, but it's fine. Yeah, it's more about roster construction like we talk about all offseason. You're just not the type to start up a dynasty and typically want to take the veteran to win now. That's not been your MO for the leagues I've played with you and talked to you about over the years. Yeah, I do think that you know, Trout at 32 or 33 can still be ridiculous, yep. you know, and that's a few years away still, so um yeah, he's just that good, but that I mean, you pretty much have to be that good when you're 29 going on. He'll be 30 this year. About I think I think he's 30 in August. Um you pretty much have to be that good to go here for me in a dynasty startup. Lucas, would you have taken Trout 5? Yeah, very easily. I I think he's a, a clear-cut pick there and I mean, you know, if you look at his numbers from 2017 to 2021, 
He's got a 303, a 442, and a 630 slug. He's at a 600-plus slug every year of that. My only question, and, and I, I want to get your guys' take, is how much injury concern would you have in a redraft for Trout next season, 2022? Honestly, None. yeah, I honestly – I know he's had something each year out. So I don't think he had anything last year in the shortened season. I'm still not putting any stock into this injury thing with him. Right. I, I just – I'm not ready to do it yet, personally. Me either. Me, me either. And – I I under – or I – Generally speaking, hitter injuries, I don't care until they're repetitive to the point of like Stanton or Buxton. I just, mm-hmm. you know, it's like with Trout, this happened, okay, but am I wor- does it change my opinion in the future for him? No, not really. I agree. And I'm not even 30 years old yet, so. Nope. I would take Trout four. I would take him ahead of Ladd. We had this discussion a month ago. It's mostly I just – even though there's a seven-year age difference, I still feel more like Vlad. I got to see him keeping the weight down and hitting at an MVP level for two years straight, three years straight before I think I'd be ready. Like, I don't think I'm ready to quite move him ahead of Trout yet for that reason. To where, I, Andrew, you were saying him and Soto are interchangeable, and I think he's more closer to Trout to me than Soto. I think that, like, for me, I, I had Soto number one at the beginning of the show, so... Um, but Soto is like the number three to me given now that I've changed my mind. And I think that I like, that's a definitive spot for me. And then I think Trout and Vlad are pretty close. I, I get the argument for, you've seen, you've seen what Soto and Vlad are doing this season, right? Yep. Yes, I have. (laughs) And I still, I, 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 I'm just saying it's pretty big gap. Yep. It is. And I'd still, I still feel like I feel much more confident in Soto. I, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe a year from now I'm gonna be like Vlad's number one. I'm changing my tune. I just I'm not there yet. Okay, so that puts me up at number six, and I might surprise you guys with this one. I am gonna take Vlad Jr.'s teammate Bo Bichette at number six overall. Woo! Yep, I thought this one. I'm gonna go with the youth here. I think Bo Bichette is just awesome. I think it's kind of what he's doing because of what Vlad's doing is. And Simeon's having the big year. I kind of feel like it's going under the radar. 14 home runs and 12 steals in 72 games. So, I mean, he's pacing for something really close to like a 30-25 season. And the thing that really stuck out to me, I didn't know this until today or in the last day or two. He's a perfect 12 for 12 in stolen bases. And I have been one that's been shared concerns about why he hasn't run more in his stolen base success percentage in 2019 and he was only four for eight in his first season. I'm like, I'm a little concerned about how many bases he's going to steal and he's putting that out the window. I'm all in on taking Bo Bichette in that lineup and getting the speed in it too. So I'm taking Bo at six. Where do you guys have Bo in your ranks? Or you got him, Lucas. I have him at six as well. Nice. Wow. That makes me feel better. <laughs> I, have, I have him at nine. And One the, of the craziest things, uh, looking at his stats this year, like you said, he's got 72 games played. He's got 61 runs scored, and it's mm-hmm. only on a 328 on base percentage. So that shows you the offense in addition to his base running ability. So it's pretty crazy. Yes, I, I agree. And I also – he hasn't walked much at all through his – 
you know, early part of his major league career, but I do expect that to improve as he's in the league longer. I don't think he's going to mm-hmm. be like Javi Baez never learned how to take a walk. I don't think he's going to be Javi Baez. I think eventually as the years go on, that will be an eight to 10% rate at least. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. But I, I just don't expect him to be a free swinger his whole career. But Andrew, I don't think there's anything wrong at having him nine either. I mean, I, I thought I was being pretty bold by putting him up at six. So yeah, these got these guys are all close. I think Bo's awesome, and it's. I mean, it, there's a lot of good players here. This just in, so yep. yeah, it's tough. Yep, it's this close. is this is where the next tier is. I mean, this is kind of another chunk. I think after the top five, in my opinion. So yep. who's number seven for you? Uh, I'm sorry, Lucas. You're Lucas. on the clock. Who do you got? Who are you taking at seven? Yeah, so all the players that I have one through six have been selected, so I'm just going to take my seventh player here. I'm going to go ahead and take Trey Turner. He's going to really help you out tremendously in the steals department. He's only 27, about to turn 28 here in about six days, so happy birthday to him. The power has just been on quite a bit of an uptick, and he's going to be a 300 batting average. Uh, You factor in the steals. Sure, they could go away. But I do think that that's Trey's calling card is to continue stealing bags, and he's got the power to offset it when they do eventually come down. I don't disagree, and I have him at number seven. Andrew, was he your six? Yeah, Trey I, was my six. I figured he probably was. Yeah, I think I think with Trey, um, the one thing in the back of my head is just, you know, late 20s, a guy that's that dependent on steals – when they start to dry up even a little bit, it's mm. going to hurt some. But the one thing I'll say is if if you were drafting like a redraft team right this minute, I mean, you could argue he's like third. I mean, with yep. everything he's doing, average speed. I mean, the speed, I feel like in the next one to two years, like Trey is as good as anybody. I mean, he's just with the skill set he's bringing to the table. So, you know, you get maybe even the slight discount on that um, for Dynasty here at seven. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm on board with Trey for sure. I just – you always – like I said, you always just wonder when the speed's going to, like, slow down even a tick, and then that obviously is going to ding him. But short term, I mean, he's he's awesome. I agree, and I had him at number seven also – if you're drafting a guy like Trey Turner or Mike Trout, you're pretty much playing to win now, correct? Correct. Yes. I yeah. Think so. I completely agree. Pretty um, much. This is. Something- I'm not. Po- I'm not positive. Just me. I'm not positive how much I'm gonna follow that in this draft, but we'll see. I'm not gonna be tied to it <laughs> too much, but I mean, it'll be in my head. But I'm. I'm not going to be completely tied to it either. This was, this is something that Andrew and I have talked about over the years. I don't know if we've ever put it on the air, but it's one of those things we've talked, you and I have talked about, which is if you take a young superstar, if you're able to get the Bo Bichette, Ronald Acuna to T sky, you actually have more routes. You can, it's easier to go multiple directions while playing right. to win now or playing to go with the young, you can you can wait and to see what's there for you in the second and third round before you start making big decisions, even fourth, fifth round, depending on what you take in the two and three. Well, if you take a trout, like I I, I like to use myself in Rotomaster in our Rotomasters two league, 
as the example. I took trout and then I went young. I wasted Mike Trout because I took a 25-year-old Mike Trout. And he's, you know, now you're taking him four years older or trade to Turner at 27. And you just, you've got to compete quickly or you're wasting their prime years when you're getting the best production out of them. So, yeah, I'm definitely on board with if you take one of those guys, you're leaving yourself fewer avenues typically on to go. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. Okay, so I just lost track. Lucas, you took Trey, right? Yes. Okay, Andrew, that means you're up for number eight. And so far, by the way, my one through seven are all gone. Yeah, so at, uh, at number eight, I am going to take probably, I mean, is he the most unique player of all time already? I mean, it's Shoei Otani. Wow. I'm taking Otani at eight. I have Otani at eight also. Yeah, I, I, um, I actually have him at seven, but. Yeah, you know, you always do the thinking with like a weekly league. It's like, um, but I, I, this is how I think of Otani. This is just how I personally atta- would attack it in a draft. I forget about the pitching. I don't care. I'm only looking at the bat. Yep. And then whatever pitching I get, great. It's gravy to me. But in a weekly league, I know that you're going to have to put him in a spot, and you're generally putting him in a hitting spot, at least right now. So... But yeah, it's like the guy's on pace for 40-20. I mean, and or you know, I think I think actually over 40 and over 20, but some something in that range. And he um obviously has the pitching to boot, which gives you, you know, that flexibility if you want it or if you need the pitching or if there's a two-start week that pops up or something like that. But um yeah, I just don't think that we can uh downplay it anymore i mean he's too good he's just so good it's just insane and yeah i'm in i mean there's i was kind of looking at some of these other guys and i was like nope i'd take otani over him i'd take otani over him so i'm taking uh otani at eight like i said mostly focused on the bat and then whatever pitching he gives me it's gravy you know a year ago when i made my top 100 dynasty ranks he wasn't even in it and even as we were into this offseason, I was saying I don't want him in a redraft league that's weekly because I don't want a hitter yeah. that's hitting three or four games a week and pitching once a week because you're just going to be driven mad. But it's changed. And I think with what Joe Madden is getting out of him, as long as he's healthy, I, just, I don't think they can go back from this. I think Otani's got to hit every day and let, because he's just such a valuable bat for that lineup. I don't think they can go back. He's proving he can do it right now, and it's he doesn't look worn out or doing. I mean, he's just continuing to shove out. It there. is just, it is just unbelievable what he's doing. Yep, it is just like there are no words for this guy at this point. I mean, it really is. It is just so insane. I put out my a tweet on Sunday that got more attention than anything I've ever tweeted, and I think it was because. Ben Verlander, Justin Verlander's brother, commented on it, so that probably got it more attention. But I got 200 likes, like 30 retweets or something off of basically like when Oton- we haven't seen this in 100 years. Watch when he hits. Watch when he pitches. Don't take it for granted and because we're not going to see anything like this in our lifetime probably. Um, again, yeah. it's just it's right. special. Uh, when he pitches, any night he's on the mound, that's must-see TV for me right now. Um. 
Lucas, where did you have Otani on your ranks? Yeah, I completely agree with with everything you guys said. It's there's no words for it. It's not getting enough attention, honestly, for the national ESPNs of the world. You know, they need to bring it up even more. But I had him a little bit lower, just because similar to Justin going into this year, I had some concerns with the injuries. Obviously, that's that's erased to a great degree, or not the injuries, but the headache of the weekly format. I had him at 14. Uh, that's a bit lower than you guys had him. But this is just kind of how I would draft the team, and I tried to stay true to it. So I had him a little bit lower just because I do perceive a little bit of injury risk since mm-hmm. he does pitch and could could blow out his elbow. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm not yeah. going to say it's going to happen, but it's possible. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I mean, like, like yeah. I said, there's a lot of good players here, so it's yeah. not. It's interchangeable here. I honestly, 14 is perfectly fine to have him. Um. Last question on Otani before we move on. I have now basically decided if this was a daily league, he's 1-1 for me. I mean, it just he, mm. there's too much value. And, Andrew, I know it's hard for you to quantify. You're not in any daily leagues. Lucas, do you want to pipe in on that? Um, I pretty much agree with that. I mean, I was listening to a podcast. I don't remember what it was. And um, they were it was, it was uh, Dalton Del Don was talking about the the raw points that he's amassing, I believe it's almost 200 more points than the next guy in like an ESPN points league. So that pretty much tells you right there. I mean, oh my it's, gosh, it's no I competition. can't even imagine having him in a points league with where you a daily points league. <laughs> yeah, that's just it was silly. ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember yeah, the the old talk. Like, I guess Wayne Gretzky was so dominant in the hockey and fantasy hockey. They did something like a first half, second half. They split him in half. Yeah. They split him in half. Like you got half his points or something. Yes. Then I think. And he still, I think I, I think I heard one time, like they split Gretzky in half. He still went in the first round, both, (laughs) both halves (laughs) or something like that. Yeah. Nuts. Okay. All right. I'm up for number nine and I'm going to take one of my longtime boys and that would be Bryce Harper at number nine I he's having a fan I'm sorry he's having a subpar year I do wonder if he's dinged up something's wrong he hit a home run I think he's hit two homers this week but it's when he hit his first one I I think it was this week it was like his third home run since the beginning of May I think was the what the stat I heard but I just like Trout I think Harper's skill set's going to age very well. I think he's going to be a very good player still for quite a while. So I'm taking Harper at number nine. Did any of you guys have him at nine or earlier? I had him at 12. 12? I thought I might be early on this. Um, Lucas, or do you have Harper? I I also had him at 12, and I had not said any words to Andrew before this started, I swear. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't question that. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm definitely the early spot. We've already said a lot of interchangeable pieces here, but and there's a lot of guys right after him that I think definitely you can make the yeah. I think for. I think if it was I think if it was OBP, I would have him here. Oh yeah, OBP. Maybe even maybe even a spot or two higher. Yeah. Okay, so that puts us to number pick number ten, and Lucas, you're back up for your third team or fourth. Let's see. No, actually, it's fourth team. All right. Um, I'm going to go with a player here uh, that's on one of the best teams in baseball. He'll be with them uh, for a very, very long time. Still provides some steals. 
there is a little concern about his skills slippage, and I will take Mookie Betts. I know this year has been a little bit different for him, but I just think the run scored, plus the fact that you're going to probably get anywhere between, for the near time, 15 to 20-plus steals and 25-plus homers hitting at the top of a great lineup. Uh, I know there are some concerns about how he's going to age, but given the fact he's got a career 13% strikeout rate, I think he's going to put the ball in play a ton to just do damage, whether it's RBIs or get those you know, 25 or so plus homers. I'll take Mookie Betts here. Andrew, where'd you have Mookie? Um, I had him at 11. Uh, pretty interchangeable with with Bryce for me, I, I kind of moved him up and down. Mookie's the one guy in probably the top, definitely the top 12, but maybe even like the top 15 that, um, I don't know. He's like, he's one of those guys. I, I do feel like you have to take him in a certain spot, like right around here, but it makes me nervous. Like, I'm just going to be totally honest. It just, it, it's one of those things where I could just see it continuing to be a sinking ship and it like slowly just goes away and um, drifts off, you know, whatever you want to call it. I mean, we're, it's a first round dynasty startup. What he's done previously doesn't matter, you know? So I don't know. It's just, I don't feel great about um, it. It's like in this spot, I would probably do it like 10, 11, 12, but Ugh, I'd probably be looking to move him to somebody that really loved him. Honestly, I just—it just makes me nervous, man. I—I I don't know what else to say. I just—I don't think that there's like enough speed, especially at his age, where you know if the speed—the speed can drop a little bit. It's not like he's a big power guy. Um, we've kind of talked about it in the past with McCutcheon, like a smaller guy that gets into his late twenties, into around thirty, and. He's a shell of himself, and um, I don't necessarily – I'm not, like, saying that's going to happen with Mookie Betts, but um, he's just the guy probably for me in the first round of a dynasty that would go in the first round and probably should, but I would just be nervous about. Yeah, I think he's a consensus top 10 dynasty um, value right now if you took, like, everybody and kind of averaged it out for where they'd value him. But I was the low man here, and I really thought I would be. I was curious by how much I put him at fifteen. I decide as I ju- I was going down this list, and everything you just said, Andrew, I agree. I, I just he's he can still. I, it wouldn't surprise me if he blew up in the second half. He's actually gotten kind of hot the last week or so. He's hit a few home runs, but. I just worry about smallish players as they hit their late twenties and we're starting to see a little bit of a slip. Is it the beginning or is it just a uh, two month slump or something's dinged up? I don't know. I honestly would rather just let somebody else draft him. And I, that's as I kept going down this list, I'm like, man, and I, I think I would just let somebody else take him here. Maybe well, I think he's really interesting case though. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, Andrew, that puts you up next at 12, correct? 11. 11, yes. I'm not good with this, but <laughs> at least I've, we got that part right. Okay, with your fourth team that you're drafting, who are you taking? I'm going to take the uh, new kid on the block, Wander Franco. Well, this is going to open up a lot of conversations. Wander Franco at number 11 here. Yep. 
Okay, so why would you take him 11 before I um, move off? Well, I mean, I think it's pretty clear, obviously, you know, 80-grade hit tool, number one prospect. Obviously, it looks pretty good, short sample here, a few games to start off his career. Um, I think that being, you know, he's 20 years old, um, he's going to hold his value for a very long time, I feel like. Um, I don't really see – I just don't really see him really struggling um, long-term. What will his ceiling be? I don't know. What, what, what do I think his ceiling could be? I mean, I think if he t- hits peak everything, you know, if everything um, develops in the way that it could, I mean, he could be right there with the guys at the very top. You know, the ones that, you know, some people right now are going to probably be like, oh, man, I couldn't do that at 11. But like in a year or two, when is actually is actually the point when you should look at this draft, um, you know, he could be going two, three, four, five. I mean, wouldn't surprise me at all. So, um, yeah, I had him at eight. And, um, yeah, it's just arrow up, man. Like this kid's uh, this kid's for real. Lucas, where did you have Wanda Franco? I had Wander ranked at number 10 overall. Okay, so you were aggressive on him too then, number 10. Yeah. Actually, that means you were higher than Andrew. Andrew, was he? where was he on your actual list? He was 8. He was 8, okay. But, like, I have, like, 8 through 12 is, like, <laughs> it was tough. So, yeah, not confident in the, my order there, but it, I just took the guy that kind of fell to me there. Yep. Okay, I got it. A lot of questions, other questions here. Um, where'd you, where'd you have him? I have him at 17. I, again, I feel like it's all interchangeable. Um, I don't, I, at where 17, I, you, you cut out 17. Oh, 17. Okay. Yep. And again, I feel like a lot of these guys I have in front of them are pretty interchangeable. It's, it's not really a slight, like I, we just got to Mookie who I had at 15 and I just mentioned all the things that made me nervous about him. Maybe, Maybe I actually would put Wander ahead of him, but I don't know how much higher I'd go than that right now. But I, th- they're interchange. I, I do think they're all razor thin. So I don't, I don't, don't, don't because I have them down there. Don't I don't want to sound like I'm putting cold water. No, on. yeah, it's it's, you know, it's just like comfort level and stuff yep. like that, and tra- trade value kind of plays into it too. Yes. I mean, yeah, you're going to be able to trade Wander Franco to. It to 15 teams in a dynasty league you're going to be able to trade mookie bats to five of them just a right right and that plays into it i mean like you know a lot of t- that's the thing is you know it's not like mookie bets being 28 or you know i know harper's 28 too um that just the two guys that went in front of them but it's like you know when you get to be 29 30 31 and you have that down season you know what happens to those guys value they tank mm-hmm. or they drop off a lot. And when you're 20, 21, 22, I mean, a lot of stuff gets forget- forgiven. I mean, look at Vlad, like even just a year ago, you know, it's he was struggling and now he's what everybody thought he would be, you know. So I feel like there's some rope here, even for Wander to struggle and still be totally fine. So, yep, agreed. All right. So that puts me up at number 12 here. And Andrew, I'm going to take your guy, guy who um, I've you've loved since the day shortly after he debuted. And do you know who I'm about to say? Yes, I know exactly. Yeah, and that would be Mr. Ozzy Albies. 
24 year old who just, I think I don't, I don't know if he's ever going to be like a first round superstar, but I just think he's going to be a really good player for a long time. He continues putting up some steals, hitting for power, the top second baseman out there. So yeah, I'm taking Ozzy Albies at number 12 here. So, and I had him at number 10 on my overall. Where did you guys have Ozzy? Lucas, I'll let you start. I had Ozzy at 20. 20? Oh, that's significantly low. Let it be known, Dang. Lucas Beery hates Ozzy Albies. <laughs> With a passion. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, I just said I had wandered at 17. I had, him, I had him at 10, too. Okay. I think... I personally think Wander, Bo, and Albies are like as even as even can get. Hmm. I think they're so close. Middle infielders that I just, I think they're all awesome. And yeah. Yeah. So, Aunt Lucas, why do you hate Ozzy Albies? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I hate him, it's just I know that maybe the steals could tick up. And in fact, they have this year. But it's just the, I don't know, there is just not a true standout skill set that you have with him. I know the fact that he's 24, he'll be only 25 next year. So you're going to probably get seven to nine, maybe 10 great years out of him. Um, so I get the longevity angle, but the fact that he's not necessarily going to move the needle in a supreme way for you in Roto, it was a slight concern for me, but there's no, there's no issues with him. I don't, I don't dislike him. I just liked other guys a little bit more. Yeah. And I, as I say this, as I was saying a half hour ago, I would hate to be in the slot and be taking him with my first round pick. To be honest, I would not want that to be my dynasty first round pick, but on the same note, that's where I have him ranked as I looked at him compared to everybody else. So, Okay, Lucas, your final team of the first round. Who are you going to take here? I'll go ahead and I will take uh, Jose Ramirez, uh, the power and speed that he gives you. Yeah, he's a little bit older, but the power and speed he does give you is going to give you a lot of championship equity in the first few years after this startup, and I'll be, I'd be good to take him here. This is another one of those guys that I feel like if you're taking him, you're you're chasing a ring early on. Would you agree, Lucas? Absolutely. Yep. That's a that's a okay. We're gonna play to contend right now. All right, Andrew. What do you what are your thoughts? Where did you have Jose Ramirez? Uh, he was my next guy. I had him in that exact slot, thirteen. Okay. And my I, my third my thirteen are the exact thirteen that are off the board. My top thirteen. <laughs> That's interesting. I had him at 14, so we're all razor thin on our opinion on Ramirez. I think that's the closest we've been on any of these guys. Yeah, the he's he's another he's another guy for me like Betts where um, I'd be a little uncomfortable, but I, I do feel like you kind of have to do it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's he's really good, and I, I think it's the right spot. So I agree. What did, what what was this guy? This he he started to become a big player. Uh, kind of as I was coming into dynasty in 2017, yep. what was this guy like as a prospect? Do you guys remember? Nothing. Nothing. He wasn't supposed to be anything no. close to this good. He was a pop-up. Yep. And I remember Tim McLeod, our, our buddy Tim McLeod, really liking him the year he blew up. And Oh, wow. And um, I think he was expect like you were thinking you were going to get like 15, 20, 15, 25, 15 home runs, 20 steals if it all broke perfect. And then he blew up and went 30-30 on the league that year or something like that. So, yeah, I, I remember him being somebody that Tim liked 
uh, as we were going into that season where he just absolutely went bonkers. But um, even that, he had popped up the year before when he had that big, when he had the previous season. I'm trying to pull it up real quick. Jose Ramirez here. He had that season where in 2016, he had 11 home runs and 22 steals and hit 312. And it was going into 2017 that Tim was all about him. And he went out and went, uh, not 30-30 that year, but he went 29-17. And it's been pretty, I mean, you know, he had that really rough year stretch between the end, I think it was the end of 2018 and the first half of 2019. But he's been very solid ever since to where, yeah, he's he's fun to own. Okay, Uh, I guess, Andrew, that puts you up at number 14, correct? Yep. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take a guy that I never ever dreamed I would draft in this draft because I feel like I'm down on him. But I'm gonna take Cody Bellinger at 14. Um, exactly where I have him. 25 years old, Dodgers offense. I feel like you just kind of have to go with it here. I've I've never been a huge fan, but I feel like he's typically gone higher than this in dynasty drafts so i'll take bellinger at 14 i think if you take if you do a typical draft where 15 different people are drafting in a startup bellinger is going to already have been gone by now yes i i completely agree and um yeah i'm shocked i'm honestly surprised you even had bellinger this high just knowing our conversations i had him at 16 so i'm not too far off here lucas where did you have bellinger I have Bellinger at eleven. Okay, so you were you were cute. He was probably queued up for you for your next pick, then, right? Yes, I am a little concerned as well, based on the fact he's had multiple injuries and who knows how long the steals go. But I mean, at twenty-five, well, he's almost twenty-six. But there's not a ton to argue if he can get healthy. I mean, the power he's already shown it. So even if he doesn't steal bases, there's not a whole lot to argue against him. Besides some injuries this year and a little bit last year. Yep, agreed. So, yeah, no issue there. Good pick. That puts me up at number 15, and I am going to take a player that I traded away and then traded for in the same dynasty league in the last six months, and that would be in the Kyle Tucker with the Astros. I, I think I'm starting to get more and more bought in as he's playing well this year, and as I look at the stat cast data, I was, I was still, like, not – certain on where I was on Tucker going into the offseason I moved him to get a third baseman that was more for positional stuff I when I when I moved him I I was a big trade but either way I I really wasn't like I need to unload him but I also wasn't certain if he was good as he showed last year and he started soft this year but if you looked at the underlying data he was hitting the ball incredibly hard and was just having bad luck. And ever since I've traded for him, he's had a really good couple weeks stretch out with a COVID or with a COVID injured list stint mixed in to where, yeah, 13 home runs, five stolen bases, 273 batting average. And when I traded for him three weeks ago, he was hitting 220 or 230 at that time. He's been, I mean, the whole Astros team is on fire right now. I think he's a 280 to 300 hitter who's going to hit 25, 30 home runs and steal. Uh, 15 bags for a little while and then that'll start tapering off but I, I he may even have more home run pop than that as the time goes on so 
I'm probably the high man here on Tucker. Where'd you guys have him, Lucas? Let's start with you. Well, I do want to make it clear. I I didn't start drafting Tucker heavily until March. In March, I got him on four teams, so that's been good. Just in that third round, I just got, got him and nice. take the, the homers and steals. I had him a little bit lower, but I still love him. Like I said, 22 overalls where I have Tucker. And I don't have any issue with seeing him at 22. Like if I look, if I look at everybody that I have between now and 22, I'm like, yeah, I could make an argument for any of these guys, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I think we're into that third tier. Like there's the, like Andrew was saying with the, um, Oh, who were the Bo Bichette and Wanda Franco and all those guys. I think we're kind of into the next tier for me, the third tier of players. So Andrew, where'd you have Tucker? Was he even in your top 30? 27. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, at the top of this episode, I said we were going to do two rounds, but Andrew Lucas and I got talking so long that I think we are going to cut this in half and we're going to just post the first round for now. And on in a couple days on Monday morning, we will post the second round results and we'll discuss our thoughts on these teams through two rounds on the next episode. So for now, we'll be back in a few days. Take care, everybody. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. Once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. 